right. Welcome to Under the Brim, where we talk about the mindset and motivation of the athlete under the brim. We want to know how do rodeo athletes and traditional sports athletes compare in their preparation, training, competition, and performance in their sport. So let's find out today. I am Dr. Shanna Moody. I am a professor in the kinesiology department here at Ross State University. I am, consider myself a wannabe athlete, and so I have coined the phrase fitlete because I am <laughs> fit, but I am not very athletic. Um, but I did grow up playing sports, you know, I did a little bit of basketball and cross country and running and some other things. Um, never competed in rodeo, and then by ironic turn of nature, I rose to, raised a kid who that's all he wanted to do was rodeo. I'd never owned a horse, I'd never pulled a horse trailer or anything <laughs> like that, and I had to figure it out all really quickly and so sitting down with some athletes here at Sol Ross State University to talk about what is going on under the brim of these athletes and today I have with me um, two athletes I have a basketball player and a member of our rodeo team so I'm gonna let them introduce themselves so go ahead well I'm Caleb Curley I'm part of the Sol Ross men's basketball team and this is gonna be my third year here okay I'm Colton Valena, part of the radio team here, and this is going to be my third year here as well, too. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your role on the basketball team, Caleb. What position do you play, and then kind of what's your role being a third-year, you know, person on the team, athlete on the team? Well, I'm one of the guards. Okay. And so there's kind of like a – we're very Mm guard-heavy. And so being one of the older guys, a lot of the guys look to me to be able to lead on and off the court for, by example, and – that's one of the things that I really enjoy because I love ever ever since I was a young kid I love just helping people out and just showing how to do things not that I know how to do everything but it just feels really good to have that respect especially okay. by people your own age well you said that y'all are guard heavy and that's your position so is there competition for your spot this year uh, well, there definitely is, but I don't feel like anybody outworks me, so. Oh, I like the confidence when you said that, right? Like, you did bet. you hear that too? Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> a little bass in the voice. <laughs> yeah, that's to how you have it. to do it. <laughs> All right, and then tell me about what what event do you compete in in rodeo? So my main event, like if I had to be defined by one event, is the tie-down calf roping, but also team rope two and head steers. And I do a little bit of healing, but stick to the head. Okay, so since we're a crossover podcast and maybe not everybody that's listening is as familiar with rodeo, can you tell us exactly what calf roping is? Yes, ma'am. So the sport of calf roping, like every sport in rodeo, originated on the ranch. So calf roping individually, you rope a calf, get off your horse, run down the rope, flank it, tie a three-bone cross. So it's either a front leg, two back legs, or two back legs and a front leg, and they got to stay down for six seconds. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. So that's the gist of calf roping. Oh, my you know, gosh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. You know, like I say, it originated on the ranch. Now it originated from the ranch is, you know, spring and fall when you have your spring calves and your fall calves. You know, something gets sick and you're out there by yourself. Well, you got to tie it down and doctor it by yourself. So that's how it started. And then, you know, 1800s, late 1800s, 1900s, ranchers got together and cowboys got hanging out, you know pretty sure a few beers were drank <laughs> they're like i bet i could do it faster than you and someone said no you can't i can do it faster and that's how the event of calf rope the sport of calf rope got started perfect oh, that's awesome it's pretty cool yeah if you're listening i wish you could have seen caleb's face when you were explaining <laughs> that it's yeah 
a lot. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for that explanation. Yes, I really love your accent. It just suits <laughs> rodeo and cowboy so well. Can you say again what you said when we first sat down when we were talking about the equipment in the room? Oh, this is high tech first class. <laughs> <laughs> just the way you said it when we sat down, I was like, oh my gosh, that is gold. That is such gold. Yeah, so we actually had your girlfriend on the pad yes, podcast already, and so she was telling you a little bit about it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so that got you excited to oh, come? Oh, got me pumped up. Like, <laughs> I was, like, looking forward to this. It's like, a great way to start off. You know, our rodeo's this weekend. So it's like, man, we're going to get up here, get some, you know, feet out there. It's going to be fun. Get pumped up, ready to go for the hometown rodeo. There you go. There you go. Well, the well, basketball team will be there to support. For absolutely. Sure. Yeah, for that's sure. one good thing. That's one cool thing, you know. It's been happening for three or four or five years now. Rodeo team, basketball team, you know, we'll come out to the basketball games. And I mean, we get rowdy. <laughs> I forgot what game it was last year, but y'all playing, I think, number seven team, and y'all were down in the fourth quarter and came a fourth quarter comeback, put it into overtime. And I mean, we were going, I mean, stereotypical, rush the court after the game. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We definitely, definitely love it. Yeah. And then the basketball team is really unique at the rodeo, something that I heard the announcer last year was like, I've never seen this at a college rodeo before, oh, yeah. any rodeo. So tell a little bit, tell the audience what y'all do. Well, we just do like these chants and everything. Yeah. It's like a, someone will say like SR and then everyone will say SU. And <laughs> it's like, it, it, it was a wild. It was cool standing down there working during, I wasn't up in the perf last year, but I was helping there in the bull riding or bronc riding or something. And all you hear is SR. SU and I mean the whole it started off just like the student section the basketball team and next thing you know we had grandmas grandpas and little toddlers <laughs> chanting SRSU they were loving it it was wild I mean it pumped us up and it was like it was the real deal it was fun well and we might need to clarify that y'all are saying SR as in Sol Ross yes, and then the SU is State University yes, there's no profanity going no, on yeah. it doesn't have any <laughs> no, kind no, of no. alternative Forget. meaning no it's all school spirit and it's yeah. 110 full max some some parents at the volleyball games think we're being disrespectful but we're not <laughs> we're not we support each other you know if one team that wins on on campus you know the whole campus wins so why not go out for the you know your classmates and you know teammates yeah that's super cool for you to say and i think sometimes that rodeo can be that disconnected sport mm -hmm. so it's exciting to hear a rodeo athlete you know say that about the traditional sports yes, athletes and then again it is very unique for the traditional sports to get so excited about rodeo and you didn't really fully explain how all out y'all go well all right so some guys i mean last year i don't know if anybody will this year because we got a lot of new guys and they're kind of like scared <laughs> But we like go off with our shirts off, with our body painted. With oh yeah, SRSU, and then yeah, we're just out there. I mean, I'm going to class on Friday morning with I can't even talk to my <laughs> professor because my voice is gone. Yeah, it was the, it was the most exciting thing, and you know, and I think that's the thing. I've you know, again, I didn't grow up in rodeo, but I've sat in the stands a lot as a mom, a lot. Oh yeah, and you know, yes, ma'am. Yeah, and. Rodeo is so common and there's so many places that you can enter and there's mm -hmm. no, like we were talking about earlier, there's no off season for rodeo no. because you can enter, it's not like basketball where you play at one level, right? You're always at that same level. With rodeo, you can go to different associations mm -hmm. and even at college, you can now be competing at a pro rodeo, or an amateur. amateur rodeo, and a college rodeo in the same weekend oh, even. Sure. Right? Yeah. So there's literally no downtime and because there are so many opportunities to compete and because you can have your armchair oh. cowboys, right? Mm -hmm. Like. If, 
I don't know offense, but like everybody can compete at any level, yeah, right? For sure. So there's not that many spectators because there's so many people doing it mm -hmm. as opposed to basketball where, you know, like there's more fans than there are players. Rodeo, pretty much anybody that's a fan is doing it also. Yeah, if, if you can afford to buy a horse, truck and trailer, you can throw your money up with the big dogs and you can <laughs> run and enter up and go wherever you want, however long you want to go. And, yeah. wow. you know, there's no like set like, you know, I couldn't pick up a basketball and go shoot three threes right now. I suck. I'm the world's worst <laughs> basketball player. I can't even make a paper ball into a trash can. But, like, rodeo, that's what's so cool about rodeo is everybody can get involved. Like, dads, grandpas, grandsons, mm -hmm. sons can rope together. So it's pretty cool. And then wow. when you go watch, like, the traditional sports, it's just, like, another level of, like, respect. Like, if you're playing college basketball, it doesn't matter if it's JUCO, D3, D1. You're playing a collegiate sport you're pretty you know handy with your sport your event whatever you're doing so it's mm -hmm. like wow you know. and you have to make the team whereas at yeah. rodeo it's a club so essentially anyone can right. join the rodeo team and um, the coach gets to pick the starting lineup right. right kind of like your coach would pick but anybody can join mm -hmm. the club so you could go be a member of the rodeo club and whether you compete well, or not yeah like we've got right now i think there's six or seven guys from the football team that are trying to learn to steer wrestle. Okay, I heard a rumor about yeah. this. Tell me about this. So I, I don't know all their names right now because they're a bunch of new guys or I haven't seen them around before, but there's seven of them. And they okay. come out to practice. They come out to practice, you know, every day just about. And So they're they, really putting an effort they're, in trying. I, they're getting on the, they run the steer saver, so it's a mechanical bulldog and steer that you pull behind the player's ranger and you practice, you know, catching the steer's head and sliding them and you know what to do on the ground when you bulldog. <laughs> And, I mean, it's working. I bulldogs, uh, shoot, junior high through high school, first two years of college, and I'm glad I hung it up because it, it's a full-body workout every time you yeah. crack on down on a bulldog and steering. It gets pretty hairy sometimes. <laughs> so did you other – Caleb, did you ever do any other sports besides basketball? Well, I actually played baseball from, like, 3 to 16. Okay. I didn't start playing basketball until, like, 17. Oh, wow. oh, whoa. You picked it up late. Yeah. How, I did. Tell me about that. How'd that change happen? Well, my grandma loved watching me play baseball. And then, so, I had a long-time coach that I just loved. And then he retired coaching. And so then I went to a new team and all that. And he kind of, uh, when I was playing baseball, I liked to be a little flashy. <laughs> but he didn't, like all, he didn't like all that stuff. So how he tried to, like, change my whole game, it kind of took the fun out of it for me. And mm -hmm. so then I... I always like would play rec basketball and all that, and I just loved it. I could jump high, and I loved it. So when I decided I'm gonna give it a shot, and okay. I got cut from high school. <laughs> the high school didn't want me, but I wouldn't be who I am if that didn't happen. And then you and Michael Jordan, right? Close. <laughs> We're not on that level yet, but we'll get there hopefully. Well, I just made a book that's cut and still went on to keep trying to play, right? Like yeah. that you didn't let that deter you. Yeah. yeah. We had to do we've had an in interesting journey with all these colleges we've been to, but <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. So speaking of that, so how did y'all end up at Sol Ross? Well, I got recruited from coach Patrick Mound. He had to leave at the end of last year, but he was a great guy. Yeah. And that was one of the first things that attracted me about Sol Ross is the respect and like the love that he saw in me right off the rip and how much he believed in me. So where did he see you if you weren't playing for your high school? Well, he saw me, he saw one of my highlight tapes on Facebook and someone shared it on something. And then he saw it, found my Twitter, reached out to me on Twitter. And 
Okay, so you played at another college before here. Mm -hmm. So how did you get into college ball if you didn't play high school ball? Or did you eventually make the high school team? Oh no, I didn't, I didn't play high school at all. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, so I like kind of like walked on at a, well, I was gonna play at this little JUCO, but stuff didn't work out. I didn't take care of my grades and I wasn't able to play there that next year. So I had to do some academic uh, <laughs> catch up, I guess. There you go. And yeah. uh, then I went to this, I got a, kind of a little offer at this school in Arkansas that I went to just to get a, I just needed a platform. And then it, that didn't work out either. <laughs> Cause that was a crazy school, man. That was a crazy school. But then uh, one of the games that we played at in Oklahoma, I walked in that gym and it just felt like I was supposed to be there. And so that next year I talked to the coach and I went to that school, I actually got a great opportunity to play for a full year and then put my stuff on Facebook and everything. And Next thing you know, I'm at Sol Ross. Where are you originally from? Like, like where'd you grow up? Uh, kind of in DFW. Okay, so Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. But I was in like Ardmore, Oklahoma. Uh -huh. I lived there for a little bit. Yeah. Big Sooner fan. Oh, Big Sooner fan. Okay, there you go. And so yeah. You follow any sports? Do you want to count no, the Sooners? No, I, I do. Yes, man. Well, I was in high school. I was, I guess, a bandwagon footballer. Like, I <laughs> I was a Sooners fan for a while. I was a Pokes fan for a while. Oh, okay. man. How'd you switch to that? <laughs> well, Hunter Heron from Apache, Oklahoma, he's uh, a calf yeah. mm -hmm. and He's a huge Pokes fan. So, I, I liked his calf roping, so I liked his football. <laughs> <laughs> and I just bounced around. My mom, she graduated from A&M, so I liked A&M when Manziel was there. I don't know. Just kind of bouncing around. Who do you like now? <laughs> I really didn't followed it lately, but okay. if I had to pick one... I had a buddy. I worked for this ranch for a while, and the a guy that worked there, he was dumber than Boxer Rocks, but worked hard. <laughs> and oh so, uh, he was like he couldn't drive a T post name straight to save his life, but he was funny. He's all get out, worked hard. He was the punter for Sam Houston, and he punted really well. So I, I'm partial to Sam. <laughs> Sam's for this little school, you know, little guy. Dumber than a box of rocks. Okay. He was, but he was funny. I'm gonna have to use that one sometime. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and it's a funny story. It's so weird that that ranch I worked for wasn't really what really wasn't a true ranch. It was just a tax write off for the owners. Well, the ranch manager, his son played baseball for George Ranch, <laughs> and the sons one of the sons' best friends is Joseph Menifee, and we called him Moo. Everybody called him Moo from he was little. Well, now he he went on to play baseball at A and M. And now he just signed a MLB contract, I think, to – I forgot who he signed to, but he now he's in the MLB. I'm like – I remember I was having to bark orders at him to drive a T-post in the ground and quit looking at, you know, MLB standings or something like that. <laughs> and now that. he's got a million-dollar contract. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm just a sixth-year, fifth-year senior at college radio. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, we are just in this, and my face already hurts from smiling. Between your accent and your reactions to him, I am, like, dying over here. This is awesome. So how, how did you end up here at Soros? So I, the JUCO I was at was Wharton County Junior College, little JUCO right down the road from my house, and rodeoed there for two years, and then it come time to leave there, and I'm like, man, I don't know really where I want to go because the only other universities in the southern region where I was rodeoing at previously was A&M, Stephen F. Austin, and Sam Houston. And I'm like, I can't afford AM. Don't want to go to AM. Don't want to live in College Station. Stephen F. Austin, I'm not going to live in Nacogdoches, Texas. <laughs> just not doing it. So it was between Sam and here, because my guy who shoots my horses growing up, um, he came to school here, played baseball here, went through the farrier program here. So he's, I mean, from the time I was in high, freshman in high school, you need to look at Solar Ross. You need to go Solar Ross. Solar Ross this, Solar Ross that. So I was like, 
I finally, he finally just wore me out, and I gave in, came up here one weekend. His son actually played football here. So he came up on homecoming weekend, and I got in contact with CJ, and I talked to them and had a couple buddies up here, and I'm like, man, this is cowboy country, and, you know, I want to get, you know, really involved with cowboying and along with rodeo. So I'm like, this looks like it's going to be a good fit. <laughs> and the buddies I knew, they were, they're, I mean, they could be – in a church service and they would make the church service really fun or a funeral service really <laughs> fun and so I'm like man I need you know and I wrote high school radio with them so I was like it, there's a few people I know it's a good opportunity for me to grow as a person so I said this is where I need to end up I need friends like that that can make a funeral fun do you have friends like that? I think I have a few friends like <laughs> that oh, man I'm hanging out with the wrong people I need to work on this <laughs> some of them were at that rodeo last year yeah. <laughs> And so the two, the three main buddies of mine that make, could make a funeral fund are Cooper Hurt, Nico Heniosa, and Brandon Lansford. Okay. Well, their first year out here was like CJ's first year out here. So there's like seven people on the team. Yeah. Well, they used to come to the basketball games. They'd get a refrigerator box, go to the thrift store, found some old sports coats, found like an old antique like camera that didn't work. Well, they they put up on the front ESPN for they had CJ printed off like it was official on ESPN font SRSU athletics or something and they'd get you know some old broken down mics from the thrift store too and they would act like they were commentating the basketball <laughs> I did not know where this story awesome. was going I had no idea yeah. <laughs> I was like what like, is happening I think right now CJ has a picture of it somewhere of Brandon and I think Nico are commentating and then there's two other people running a camera and they're just sitting there commentating the game and it's the funniest thing that's ever that's awesome <laughs> I'm hoping to have Brandon on here also so oh, yeah, I'm going to have to ask him about him. that story it might, he can talk a lot but at the same time he doesn't say a word <laughs> like, you've got like he's got to really like know you because I can't get to shut up sometimes <laughs> so did you have the same reaction to alpine when you got here well when i got to alpine i was like where is there a grocery store here? <laughs> I know. it's like i don't know man i was just all all business with basketball still yeah but, but like where's the town yeah i was like looking for it still <laughs> driving through this one way <laughs> like is this the only street in town <laughs> but it's cool though yeah but I like that you said cowboy country. So do you cowboy any when you're, like, outside of, like, aside from just rodeo, do you oh, actually yes. get out and cowboy oh, here? Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Like, uh, all this summer I worked for a little ranch, or I say little ranch, a decent-sized ranch in Marfa. Okay. Went and did some day working and helped some guys brand calves and ship calves out all summer. And Actually, in two weeks I'll go help a couple guys in Fort Davis for a few days. I was, you were talking about Major League Baseball. I was listening to a podcast interview with a Major League Baseball player, and he was talking about that he retired from Major League Baseball, and all he wanted to do was day work. Yes, and he'd never been a cowboy his whole life. Like, he found he met a guy sometime at, at the end of his baseball career, and Heck they taught yeah. him to ride a horse, and now he's like, I signed million-dollar contracts, and now I'm working for 150 <laughs> bucks a day, you know? Like, and I love it. I oh, can't yeah. wait to go do it again. It's, oh, it's a day. That cowboy one, it, it gets in your veins, and it's all you can think about. I mean, it's oh, some something about riding a cool horse and roping wild kelp run off mavericks it's pretty fun yeah i don't get to do as much as i would like or as much as some of my buddies and i'm not as near i'm nowhere near as handy as they are but no, i'm getting there you gotta start somewhere so colton's kind of talking about how cowboy like infiltrates your whole lifestyle and it becomes your way of life right so do you feel like basketball has had that kind of influence on you too well personally yeah I mean, yeah. When I like, I drove to school holding the basketball the whole time I was oh my driving. Gosh, that's awesome. Like, yeah. And then like, oh, this is crazy. But I like sleep with a basketball. Yeah. Still. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I'll just like cuddle it. 
<laughs> I can tell you were holding back. You're like, do I want to say this or not? I will. Oh, shoot. I was saying when I was little, I'd rock. I'd walk around with a rope in my hand. I'd rope anything. Walk, stood still. It didn't matter. I was. I had rope in my hand. Something was getting roped, and until I started dating my girlfriend, shoot, that's all I thought about, and that's still all I really think about. <laughs> I mean, now, like, I don't know. Do you want us to edit that out and not let your girlfriend know that you still right. think about roping more no, than her? No, she knows. She knows because she's the same way with her goat time. Like that's when she wakes up, it's goat time. When we goat go, time. that's what she does, and. Like I wake up, calf roping, go to bed, calf roping. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I think you and I had the same reaction when he was saying that about like until my girlfriend came along. We were like, "What are you thinking about now, Brandon? What are you thinking about now? Where's this about to go? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's it's calf roping rodeo, cowboy first, <laughs> and then she's a very close second. Most and some days when roping's bad, she's number one. Okay, there you go. There you go. That's hilarious. So you talked about that you walked on to college basketball and you hadn't really ever played basketball, like officially. So did you know all the rules? Like, was there any like learning curve for that kind of stuff? I mean, yeah, all of that, like the rules and everything, I knew that, but I didn't, like my first couple of years, I didn't know like the signals and stuff. So these refs would be calling stuff and I'd like <laughs> get like pissed off. And then <laughs> I'd like look around to see if everyone else is. If, <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. But That's how I became a yoga instructor, same way. <laughs> Seriously. Well, you're pretty good at the yoga instructor, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but the uh, the biggest learning curve was, like, how fast the game was. Okay. Because, I mean, I would be playing with these old men. That They taught me the game. I learned the game from these old guys at the rec center. <laughs> there's always, in every town, I feel like there's a group of old men that have this, like, underground game, right? Oh, they yeah. meet every, once a week, and they play this underground game. That's where you learned? Yeah, but they were nice, though. They were nice. The yeah, they're nice until they're shoving you and fouling you, and they're like, "We don't call fouls in this yeah, game." No. Oh Street yeah, rules. they didn't. <laughs> they didn't rules. like the little short white boy. Like, yeah, they don't want you to score. Buckets. Yeah, they <laughs> don't want the young kid to beat them. No, but it was. They definitely taught me a lot. But it was like coming out here, or not necessarily out here, because I was a little more experienced after then. But my first couple years of no experience at all, it felt like everything was moving so fast, and so that was like one of the men mental struggles that I had to overcome was just like. Take a breath, calm down, and just focus up a little bit. And it was all good, though. Yeah. So what are, um, like, what are some of the things about basketball that, like, you still struggle with? Um, or is there anything? Sorry, I guess I should phrase it that way. Is there anything with basketball that you still struggle with? What are your areas that you feel like you still need to, like, keep working? Well, I definitely need to work on controlling my emotions. Not that, like, I'm an aggressive player or an aggressive person, but... One thing that I'm really working on is never being too high, never being too low. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, I'm a very emotional player. I'm like, whenever I'm talking or with my friends outside of everything, I'm very like quiet, kept to myself. But when I get on the basketball court, I feel like that's when I can really show who I really am. Mm -hmm. Be all out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, that was what I was thinking about this podcast, this idea. That's so common. I mean, that's so interesting because we had the same thing in our house about rodeo, like mm -hmm. never get too high and never get too low. Like, um, and generally, especially when he was younger and we were doing multiple events at the yeah. same rodeo, then you couldn't let the performance from one event carry over to the next. And I guess that's kind of definitely, what you're referring to. Like definitely. one end of the court can't influence the other and one play can't. Yeah. Cause it's always the about the next play. Yeah. Like, Cause I mean, if I did something here, Congratulations. Well, that's over with now. <laughs> we're moving on. Yeah. You got about half a second. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. And then what about the rules in calf roping? Like, do you get frustrated, like the jerk down rule and the, like, 
you know, like, is there anything about the rules with calf roping? And maybe explain them a little bit just yeah, in case anybody so doesn't know. Like, like you mentioned, jerk down rule, that's been a controversial issue for the last, we're uh, here recently. Yeah. And I, I, I have some issues with it sometimes because sometimes you go to a rodeo and calves are either fresh or they're soggy and sorry and roped out. And, you know, sometimes, <laughs> best thing to, sometimes the best thing to do is get them off their feet and, you know, give you the best chance, give your horse the best chance. And So just in case anybody doesn't know what the jerk down rule is, it's if the cowboy, like when they rope yep. the calf and get the rope around the calf's neck, they can't flip them over backwards yeah, they with can't, their rope. Yeah, they can't come over from a 12 o'clock. Like, if you're looking out on a clock, they can't come over straight 12 o'clock and land on 6 o'clock. Yeah, that mm-hmm. straight they can't come. Yeah, they can't, can't jerk them off their feet, and they can't land on their head. Yeah. Oh, they got to hit. Yeah, it's, so it's to protect the calves. Te- yeah, yeah, it is. You know, PETA, you know, love the PETA. <laughs> but it's to keep protect the calves, keep everything, you know. So a production state because it's yeah. all production. Everything's televised now. So, and I think that's one thing I was here. I heard um, you know a rodeo announcer talking about that the other day about how it's entertainment. And I yeah. forget that. I think I forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do y'all forget that when you're playing? Like you're playing to win and you're in it for the victory, right? right? In the competition, do you ever think about the fact that it's entertainment? Like we do this for entertainment. Well, that's one of the part of my emotional side coming out. I love putting on a show. Okay. <laughs> so like. One of my biggest, this is, my boys going to get so, they're going to shake their head after I say this, but one of my favorite college athletes of all time was Baker Mayfield. Okay. And so like how whenever he would do stuff and he would just be running down the field like a chicken with his head cut off and then <laughs> waving his arms all around. Like, I love that because I love hyping everybody up. I love getting the, the energy in the stadium and the arena. Just, I love the electricity. Yeah. Ooh. I yeah. love that. Okay. So you were injured for most of last year, right? Yeah, basically the whole year. Yeah. So I haven't really gotten to see you play. So I'm, I'm now I'm like really <laughs> hyped up to go to a game and see what you're like on the court. Yeah. Well, yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was a good selling point for yeah. Sol Rossman's basketball. Absolutely. You should. Come see you walk like a chicken down the court. Is that what you said? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, <laughs> sometimes it'll get crazy, okay. but like in a good way, okay. in a good way. Okay. Nothing that the Lobos shouldn't be disappointed with. Yeah, go Lobos. Go Lobos. Shout out to our main sponsor, Sorrel State University. (laughs) Yeah, so then um, what about, like, I think another frustrating, like, thing about calf roping is the uneven stock. Like, there was a big drama about Pendleton the other day, right? Yes, ma'am. So can you explain what happened at Pendleton? I didn't actually see it. I just love social media, right? So you know what happened because of social media. So I just saw the comments. I didn't actually see what happened. So from my understanding was... Blank, it, Blank Cox, he'd come back to the short round of Pendleton, and the calf he drew did not match the rest of the herd. Like, the, his calf was, a, I think, walking fresh calf or something. Mm-hmm. And so all the other calves, them guys were open. So Pendleton's setup's different. But so you run down, like, the calves get a running head start down an alleyway, like a 100-foot alleyway or something, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then they go after it. So the rest of the guys, their calves were catched within 100-foot, 50-foot of that alleyway and Blaine's calf was at the back of this five acre arena and so it just was it wasn't fair it didn't give Blaine the same Blaine didn't have the same chance on his calf that the other 12 15 guys however many they bring back the short round had on their calf so it's Mm -hmm. just it's and I mean it's been radio's been like that for a while it's always been a drawing contest and sometimes you're on the good end of it and other times you're on the bad end of it and when you're on the bad end of it it's not fun to radio 
And I feel like Cap Open, maybe, I mean, and maybe it's just because that's the one, I'm, the event I'm the most familiar with, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like it has more of those type of situations than any other event. Yeah. I mean, I can think back to like the American where oh, yeah. the guy's calf got up like right at the, yes, you know, yeah. six second mark. And then I can think back to, um, there was a thing with Tyson Durfee where he double grabbed mm. and they gave him the flag anyway. Yeah. And that got, that got him into the finals. Yeah. And my thing is, so, like, stay with the stock or the, the drawing part of it. Calf roping, the calves, they've got to be within certain, the PRCA has certain standards on how much they can weigh. If they are like a longhorn or Corianni type calf, how long the horn can be or the nub of a horn could be. And so it's hard for a stock contractor or a guy who's being subcontracted from a stock contractor to put together a good, consistent, even set. Yeah, I don't and, want that job. No, I mean, I've help put on radios and i've been around it for a while so i know how much of a pain in the butt it is to get you know for a youth radio you got to have 30 to 67 120 pound calves for five-year-old kids to rope tie down on and then you got to have 30 to 40 you know 150 to 180 pound calves for the senior you know the high school kids so it's it's a lot to put on and it's a lot to you know keep keep up with and keep alive mm-hmm. you know especially during the winter months and it's super cold in texas sometimes and then it'll get super hot next day you know so it's just it's a lot and then the double grabbing deal and the calf kicking up the judge is calling rodeo out that is the what my dad's starting to judge youth rodeos now and he goes them youth rodeo parents are just as cutthroat and ruthless as somebody going down the pro rodeo tour but as the basketball parents yeah exactly yeah like i've been to high school yeah you go to a high school basketball game or high school football game in texas man you got parents mf and these refs up and down from chasing time. them into the parking lot oh, after yeah. the games yeah, yeah. yeah. sometimes they need it but but like the, <laughs> but being a rodeo judge it's i mean it's right now like you've got to make a call right now and, and there's no instant replay and there's no instant replay like sport that's what's the big like that's been a big talk lately with uh, Bobby Melton, the w, um, RC, or WCRA, at his big, big rodeos, like the one they have in Corpus and Days of 47 in Utah, all those big rodeos, well, they have an option now where the rodeo contestant can throw a challenge flag, and they have instant replay there. They have a judge that his only job that weekend or that week is to watch the replays and make sure that the call was right or the call was wrong. And so it's starting to get there now where they can – look back on it now but it's still not as um defined as in basketball or football well it's kind of such a toss-up right because rodeo is such a traditional sport right it's all about the tradition and the history Mm -hmm. but then we have so much technology available to us that it's like why not use it we have it available right and like it and it and it's starting to get you know a little more technical which is good like the base of the like traditional pbr is a whole another animal (laughs) <laughs> but the PRCA, the roots are still very traditional based, and now we're starting to add technology with it with the Cowboy Channel, and it's it's making it a lot better. It's and it's, it's still the Cowboy Channel's only been around for a few years, so it's still got some growing pains and some growing up to do, but it's making a huge difference and it's getting better, I think. Shout out Cowboy Channel because the Solar Ops Radio is actually going to be on the Cowboy Channel, yes. so y'all are going to be on TV. We're okay. ready. You bet. We're prepared. Loud. Bring all the noisemakers you want. I won't scare them horses. <laughs> if it scares your horse, bring a better horse to the radio. That's all I got to say. There you go. <laughs> so do you wish you had instant replay in basketball? Uh, well, sometimes, but I mean, that's part of the game, though. Yeah. I mean, the refs are human, too. They're not going to get everything right. Exactly. Right? So it kind of adds a little spice to it. Yeah. A little drama. A little yeah. flair. 
<laughs> so one of the things that I was really thinking about when I wanted, when I was trying to decide what um, sport to pair up with which rodeo mm-hmm. event, and the reason that I paired up y'all too was thinking about like that moment. Um, I know, especially when my son was younger, watching him when he first dismounts the horse to start running down the rope toward the calf. Um, you know, when you're younger, it's harder to get off and it's a long drop mm-hmm. if you have a big horse and that calf might zig or zag and you're going the opposite direction, right? Yeah. And I was thinking the same thing about basketball. You're running toward the, if you're, especially if you're on defense and you're running toward your opponent who has the ball and when you miss that, you know, block, right? Like they take off and drive around you to make the layup or the dunk or whatever. Like, what is that moment like? Like, so if you both put yourselves in those positions, right? So you're about to get off your horse, you're seeing the opponent come to you and you're on defense and you're ready to go approach. Like what's going through your mind right there? And do you ever have that fear of, oh crap, I hope they don't get around me. I hope they don't get around me. Or what's going on there? For me, I mean, I've been real cast so long now, it's kind of slows down in certain spots. But when you go to them, when you go draw that calf that runs like a skull today, <laughs> you're just hoping, like when you're open, if they're going straight, you hope they stay going straight. If they're going left, they stay going left, right, same thing. But, because, I mean, because if a calf changes directions after you go somewhere with your slack, you're probably going to have a good chance of jerking, you know, put, laying, jerking them down the wrong way or not not getting the go you want. So you just hope, or you don't hope, you just plan for everything going right. Or have you ever had one come back at you? Oh, yeah. Joe Beaver's Easter opens when I was growing up in Slato, Texas. Oh, Stephen yeah. Perry would bring the Bramer Cross calves straight <laughs> off their mama. And I t- it's funny because I remember I was 12, 10, 12. I roped this one Bramer, bald face Bramer, gorgeous F1 cross calf. And I mean, I did. If the jerk down rule would have been in effect, then I would have dang sure had it in the youth radio because I put her straight on her head before I could even think about getting off the horse. She's already standing up, coming up the rope. And I'm like, this is it. <laughs> so I just, I don't remember what I, I don't remember. I, that's all I remember, but I do remember that part. Because the only reason I remember that I had a picture of me stepping off. And she's already turned around, come back at me. And I'm like, huh, this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. But it makes you better. It makes you, you know, that's what I think. I'm not trying to talk down on the kids of today, but a lot of times I go to the Mithros and they bring in them little Jersey cross pups that weigh 120 pounds and just post up at the end of the rope or just stand there. And so it's like, man, they're kind of missing out on a lot of adversity at a young age and, you know, learning how to handle your rope. Because now they have the jerk down rule at the junior high radios and high school radios. So, and you got to, now the fifth graders can junior high radio. So, that's fifth grade's what, 10 years old? You're 10 when you're in fifth grade, something like that? Something like that. Sounds so, good. We'll go with that. So, well, you got a very small kid roping a 120, 140 pound calf, and they got to hold their slack and take the jerk from the calf so they don't get jerked. Now, your shoulder muscles and ligaments ain't ready for that. And, I don't know. I mean, they get a lot better chance now to learn how to be quick and handle cattle cattle to be quicker on them than we did. But at the same time, when they go to a rodeo and they have a little waspier calf or one that's a little stouter, stronger than the rest, I just feel like I, know, I just feel like they don't have the same opportunities to make like grown up runs or like really learn how to handle the rope right. Yeah. And I mean, they're handy with their ropes. They can rope next sharper. They, Kids nowadays rope necks a whole lot sharper than we did growing up, but I don't know. I just feel like something's missing. It's not the same, I guess you could say. Gotcha. What are you thinking about when you're approaching a, like you're coming up on defense and you're ready to go after the ball? Well, it kind of comes down to that's my that's what my job is. And so when someone's coming at me, there's, well, in my younger ga- younger days when I was inexperienced, I was nervous guarding somebody because I didn't want to get embarrassed or someone break my ankles or something <laughs> like that. But 
I mean, that's part of the game. And then it's just like every single play isn't going to be the most highlighted play, but every single play can win you a game. And so whenever someone's coming at me, that's just my job. My job's to get a stop. And if someone gets by me, especially on my team, I feel like if he gets by me, one of my teammates is going to have my back right there. So he'll get the stop for me if I can't. And if it happens to him, I'll do it for him too. Nice. Good answer. Wow. That was some cool or quote-worthy stuff right there. There you go. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so do you ever have those negative thoughts like or voices? I don't know. Do you have self-talk going on while you're competing? Like, do you have thoughts going on in your head? And is it ever negative? Do you have to be like, no, we're not, we're not going there today. We don't, have, we don't have time for that right now. Well, last year was a very difficult year for me. Being injured, I'm sure. And coming back with my foot and everything, it was one of those things that I really struggled with mentally because I couldn't do certain things that I know I could do. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, I grew a lot last year, especially mentality-wise. And it, there was a lot of negative thoughts, especially like if I have somebody big, guard, bigger guarding me, somebody slower than me. And it makes like, not that I care what anybody thinks of me, but it makes me look like I'm not good. And that definitely creeps into your mind and it can really cause a lot of bad things to go on, especially when all the lights get shut off and you're sitting there alone in your room watching the Mm -hmm. film and you're just like, man, like, I don't know if I'll ever get back to what I was. But then I just, as I became closer with God and I became more spiritually and my confidence is just through the roof and I feel like I can do anything in the world. Like, I don't know your sport very well, but if you, you, I feel like if you showed me how to do it, I could go out there and do it. Yeah, come on, try out. Okay, well, in the last episode, we talked about doing an athlete swap, so maybe this is a real thing. Maybe we should try this. You see it all all the time on YouTube, like football player. Well, I remember I was little. Ray Lewis and a PBR bullfighter, they swapped. Well, PBR bullfighter was like, can you juke out Ray Lewis? And if you can't, can you take a hit from him? What's the di- they did a science research. Oh, what's the difference between Ray Lewis hitting you and Bushwhacker hitting you? So it was pretty cool. So I, so I always thought, I was like, man, it'd be cool. Like, when I was in high school, I played football and ran track. I was like, you know, all my buddies on the football team are like, oh, ready on your real sport. It's not that hard. I'm like, well, come to the house during the summer. Like, it was during two days when we were talking about this because I wrote calves in the morning before two days, go to football, leave football, go home, wrote more calves. So I was like, you come come flanking tie from the post with me at six o'clock, six thirty in the morning when I grew up south of Houston, right on the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, humidity. Yeah, you wake up in the morning, it's eighty five degrees with ninety five percent humidity with oh. the heat index hundred and three at six o'clock in the morning. So you come down there and you come flanking tie seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve calves with me and tell me how fake of a sport rodeo is from then. Did any of them ever show up? No. Oh no. No, they didn't. Yeah. But, yeah. But now, I mean, we grew up and we got old now. And there's, they got, maybe respect me now. They've, they, they'd come to a couple of rodeos and thank God I was on my stuff that day and I, <laughs> I, I wrote good. And they're like, all right, you're, you're legit. It's legit. It's a lot of physical, uh, more physical than we thought it would be. So I was like, yeah. Okay, so okay, so that brings up an interesting point. You both talked about the fans, like how rowdy y'all get at the basketball games, and how rowdy y'all are going to get at the rodeo. And then you know your friends coming to watch right. you, and that made you step up. So, does who's watching you or what's happening in the stands influence your performance at all? I try not, you know, like every athlete, you try not to let who, you don't try to worry about outside stuff. Focus on your task and what your job is. But when you back in the box and you're in a perf at a rodeo, and there's you know a couple hundred to a thousand people watching you screaming, and you like especially me in high school, and, you know, I'd have a couple you know, girlfriends and stuff. Anyway, 
you know, you, when when you know someone's gonna be there and you want to like, you just want to show out for them. So it makes you like purse bring out a little more oomph mm-hmm. and try, and you then say going to nine o'clock morning slack like coming up in Saturday. But it's better because I got third run on the gift. So. So in case you're not familiar with what he's talking about when he says perf and slack, so um, during a rodeo like this weekend for the Sol Ross mm-hmm. Rodeo, there's going to be so many people entered in the calf roping that they couldn't all compete at one time. So they'll bring them in during the daytime and the majority of the people will compete oh, yeah. all at one time. And then a few people will compete like a Thursday night rodeo and the Friday night rodeo, the ones that you see. Yeah. Um, and so it's more exciting in the perf because yeah, you have the crowd and the stands during the day, during the slack. Yeah, it's like, so there's the, nobody. It'd be like a tournament, right? Like yeah. So you're at a basketball tournament during the day. It's just the moms and the dads and the bleachers, right? But then at the night, Oh, during okay. the playoff, yeah. the final game, it's the big deal, right? Yeah, so it's basically, yeah, that's how, so a slack feels like, how I make, or how it is, is a slack feels like a practice session, and then your purse feel like game day. Oh, that's, okay, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, purse aren't. So there's not the same energy, there's not the no, same. No, it's not, no. Your heart care. doesn't race as fast. No, because, I mean, it's a purse, you know, usually you have, you know, Granny Joe, who's been, you know, committee man's wife for 65 years at the rodeo, announced a slack, and like, Next up in the calf rope, and we have Colt Valena from Soros. That's how she sounds. And there might be, you know, George Jones or Marty Robbins playing on their <laughs> over the speakers, but nine times out of ten, there's no music at Slack. So it's all you hear is shoot gates bang, barriers pull, and the snap through your rope. That's it. So, so does that influence, like, does that make you feel a little slower moving? Does that make your reactions a little dull? Does it make you, like, feel like it's not as important to compete at a high level? Man, I not really like I mean, when I'm back in the box it don't matter if it's you know Friday night lights are on or Saturday morning slack you know it's my job I need to go out there and make the best run I can so I try to bring the same energy and the same mindset to you know each a perf or a slack but it's a little harder to get motivated when you have slack in the morning versus a nighttime performance you know it's just one of those things but like we said it's your job so you gotta buckle down and go do it and do it to the best of your ability are you a morning person or an evening person I wake up super early every day, so it doesn't really matter. Like when I draw up, like so if you drop in a morning slack, it doesn't matter. You're yeah, not, it's not like, like you're used to sleep until the end. No, my dad. I've got worse here since I've gotten college about sleeping later. But like when we were in high school, I rode the bus from the time I was in kindergarten until I drove. And dad, he worked. He was gone out of the house by four. Mom had to be at her office by seven or her classroom by seven. So only play we were getting schools riding the bus and the bus picked us up at six o'clock in the morning oh geez so we woke up early from a young age and weekend summers we had jobs or dad had something for us to do so waking up early it doesn't bother me so it doesn't matter if i get if we have an 8 a.m slack or you know i gotta run a calf after the perf and a slack at two o'clock in the morning because you know used to being like that the youth radio so it don't matter bother me much so what about you? Does it get you, like, do you feel the energy? Does it, because you talked about that you like to show out a little bit. So if yeah. you have a bigger crowd, does it kind of bring out the best in you or does it challenge you a little bit? Well, the crowd kind of like blurs into one okay. as the game goes on. And except when my mom's there, because <laughs> when, when my mom's in the stands, I'm not letting anybody outplay me in front of my mom. <laughs> but come on now, that's not going to happen. That's awesome. Shout out, mom. I hope you're yeah. listening. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> But yeah, that's true though. When it comes to like, I don't know. I don't want to make them feel bad or anything because we live so far out here, but showing up like definitely matters. And yeah. that definitely, definitely makes a big difference. Have you ever seen that um, baseball movie with Kevin Acosner and yeah, where he's pitching and it for shows. For the love of the game. Yeah, for the love of the game. And it shows where it blurs, like when he's pitching right yeah. before he pitches, the audience just blurs and like mm-hmm. the sound goes away and he's he calls it silence the mechanism. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how many times going in 
freaking youth radios. My dad'd be like, "Hey, it's time to pull your Kevin Costner out and just focus on your <laughs> job." Like, my dad, he sh- he should have been a you know Hall of Fame Texas football coach or some kind of high school coach, but you know life happened, so he went and got a, you know job and everything. But hit that's that was the coolest thing about my family and my parents growing up. They would be the biggest critic I have, and they they weren't afraid to jump down my throat and tell me what I was doing wrong, which I needed it. But they, on the same token, they were the first person to tell me, hey, you did a good job. You know, mm-hmm. So I think having that balance was a big key influence in my life, too. So it made a difference when they oh, told you? Oh, for sure. You know, my dad, he tells me good job more than, you know, most dads, I think, would. But it's still not, it's still not like every day he texts me, hey, good job, or, you know, you're doing good, keep it up. So when he does tell me, it does still mean a lot to me, even at this age now in my life. So it's a big deal. Yeah. And clearly... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, my uh, my stepdad sending me some videos during the game sometimes of my mom standing up and <laughs> screaming at the TV whenever That's she's awesome. watching games. That's just hilarious. Adorable. Oh, good job, mom. I just feel like without family, it doesn't matter what sport or what you even if you don't play play sports. If you don't have if you if you have a good family, it'll just make life a lot easier and it'll make you appreciate things more. That's important. and it gives that extra motivation because yeah. like my little brother, he's starting his basketball career up right now he's a freshman in high school and mm-hmm. i mean he needs somebody to look up to and i mean that gives like that gives you your why yeah like when like why do you do this at the end of the day and i do it for me and that does play a huge role but i mean i do it for other people too so mm-hmm. it changes it yeah you said something colton i want to go back to you were talking about that during the slack you might have granny announcing yes, the, the announcing so what about when you're up in a perf and a, or especially a short go right. and that announcer is calling your name and there's the music and there's the fans what does that feel like right. for somebody who's never experienced that it's hard to put in words it's just like does it give you chills yes i mean you get the goosebumps you get the butterflies you just you get it's electricity it's a feeling i you know playing high school football you get that you know you hear the band playing and it brings out a certain type of you know feelings and energy but you get into a perf and you got the announcer hyping you up hyping your horse up and the music blaring. i mean you just i wouldn't trade it for nothing that's the best greatest feeling in the world is backing in there and that just in the perf in general it's just like yeah it's go time yeah it's electrifying so kind of like caleb was talking about though how do you keep your emotions in check though and like not let that cause you to make that mental error because you're so hyped up i so from time i was little my dad he says hey when you get to a rodeo you need to have a routine if you have a routine it doesn't matter what's going on around you as long as you can stick to your routine you're going to do your job and it'll work out you know it should work out you know Mm -hmm. it's rodeo it's a lot of moving parts so it's not always going to work out but that's my thing like i get there i do my routine i keep my mindset i you know i have a like step like certain things like when i'm going back in the box i'm like all right i need to score sharp i need rope sharp flank sharp tie sharp finish sharp and that you know i just keep playing those few things over and over my head and i just kind of you know the kevin costner deal silent smacking just tune everything out it's you against the calf and no matter what the guy in front of you did or what's one in the rodeo right now it's what are you going to do right now with this opportunity you got in your life are you going to throw it away or are you going to capitalize in it mm-hmm yeah, the saying in our house is uh, score smart, rope mm-hmm. sharp, and have fun Yeah, right before you go in the box. Yes, ma'am. I need, yeah. I need to do a little bit better job scoring here lately, but you know, there's always that next one. 
Well, and then I think that's that speed up, you know, that causes that speed jam. And mm. I don't know if I'm mean, guessing the same thing in basketball, right? Like when you just make those tiny little mistakes, yeah. right? Because you're trying to go so fast. Mm-hmm. And so kind of in this week, this week, it's been rolling through my mind. I had some things that I was doing and I caught myself saying, right. you have to slow down to speed up, right? You oh, have to slow sure. down to go fast. Um, and so I just was had that on my mind all week and kind of what yeah. you said reminded me of that. And just, I mean, like rodeo, I know my, like if I'm in Slacker Perf, I'm excited to be at a rodeo. My favorite rodeo is the next one I'm at. <laughs> and so sometimes you just, you know, you get speed jams because you just want to do, you know, you just wanting to, I guess, chasing the fame, I guess, or chasing the glory of like yeah. going out there and kicking butt. And so sometimes you just, you cause yourself not to get there because you're just trying to get there too fast. And sometimes you just need to back off, slow down and you know go make your run yeah so back so let's go back to caleb and ask him about getting your name announced so what does it feel like because i know we have a really good announcer here for the basketball games we do. so what's it like when they kind of turn down the lights and they start announcing the game and they're calling you to, you're getting ready to walk out like you're waiting for them to say your name like tell me what that feels like well i mean it feels a little different for me than i think a lot of the other basketball guys okay because I mean, a lot of them, they were the best players at their high school. And so they got to experience that throughout their whole entire career. And so whenever, like, whenever that happens to me, it's just like, like, damn. Special. Damn, this feels good. Is this real life? This is is for real. Like, all my hard work, like, this is for real. And then, like I said, five seconds after that, (laughs) it's over. Now it's game time. Yeah. So do you get antsy, like, waiting in that anticipation before they call your name like before a game like what do you feel like um well i mean if you don't get the butterflies before a game then what are you doing because yeah. like, <laughs> there's just i just love this game so much that my like i just get like i'm just ready to go <laughs> and but it's just part of it it's like just being able to stay in the moment though because yeah that's that's one thing that I really, really will never take for granted is whenever they say my name after a shot for before a game. I mean, just being in that moment, it's just savor it. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, because you never know how many times you're going to get to hear that. I was doing yoga meditation with mm-hmm. the women's basketball team the other day, and I was reminding them, like, this is a privilege, and you yeah. don't know how long it's going to last. And, you exactly. know, if you really counted backward, you probably don't want to, but if you counted backwards of how few times you have left to do that in mm-hmm. your collegiate career, it makes you – every opportunity becomes oh, yeah. a little more special. Yeah, like this year's my senior year, so I, I was like, oh, shoot. Picked Rocky up from here, and we were driving back to the house, and I'm like, man, this is the last hometown already I'll really ever kind of be – like, you know, like – because after this, you know, got to go to the real world, got to get a job, you know. So I was like, I need to kind of like slow down this week with all, you know, we've been going, going. We had Portalis last week and got back Sunday and we went back practicing. As soon as we got back on Sunday, let the horses set for a minute, went home, grabbed a bite to eat, took a little nap, came back, we practiced all night. Monday we practiced. Tuesday we had a bunch of stuff going on with cattle drive, moving stock out, stock, radio stocks getting in. So I'm like, we were just driving to the arena. We got to drink from Sonic and I'm like, slowing down for a second I'm like hey slow down take this weekend take a breath and enjoy it because I mean this is really going to be the last last time I get to experience Solar State University's radio in Alpine Texas so I just need to slow down and enjoy enjoy all of it enjoy the headaches enjoy the <laughs> fun parts of the weekend you know enjoy waking up at nine o'clock in the morning and go direct calf open during slack like just enjoy every little thing that goes on this week and be involved like that's my thing this week is I'm or this year's I want to be involved with everything. Like, I'm going to try to make every home basketball game. You know, let's just enjoy the time I have left here before 
it's no more. Yeah. So how many seasons do you have left? Uh, this will be my last college season. season. Yeah. Okay. Yep. How are you feeling about it? Um, I feel like it's going to be a great year, a very blessed year, too. Okay. So you're both kind of talking about the future. What are your future plans? So as of right now, I've kind of got two type jobs. They're not, not set in stone yet, but I have a pretty cool ranching job opportunity waiting for me in uh, north of Amarillo, a little town called Channing. And I'm actually going to go there in December and back in the spring to help do some work there and see how I like it there, if they like me. So I'm probably going to do that afternoon for a while. I'm going to play cowboy and try to train some horses, maybe go amateur rodeo and make the circuit finals. Sounds fun. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to pursue my dreams of playing professional basketball after this year. Okay. Yeah. So. so what is involved in that? That's something I'm not familiar with. So what are the yeah. steps? What do you have to do? Well, that's a very big world right there. Cause yeah. That's, that's something that – well, I'm – not trying to really focus on that right now. <laughs> I'm trying to be where my feet are. Oh, I like it. And uh, but I have some people that really good people that God God has put into my life that are focusing on that for me right now. Okay. And then when that time comes, I'll be ready for it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Well, I've been trying to ask everybody like one key question, and I want to know what is your greatest memory from your sport? Like, what is the one thing that like is your cornerstone, like your key, like maybe it's the thing that's kind of kept you tethered to your sport because it was, yeah. you know, like I always hear people talk about golf, that it's that one stroke every golf right. game that keeps you coming back, right? Like you could play a crappy golf game, but you have that one stroke <laughs> in a game that you're like, okay, I want to go back to that. So what's the one thing that you would hold on to if you had to tell someone about your favorite memory? And it doesn't even have to necessarily be a win, but like what's right. your favorite thing about your sport, your favorite memory about it? Well, I have two. Okay. And the first one kind of goes back to that school in Arkansas. And whenever things went down and I left and I went to that school in Oklahoma, we came back and played them. And like in the first, I had like, I went crazy in the first half. And that, that was just like a big moment for me because I proved everybody wrong and I proved myself right. Heck yeah. And then last year, but I think the all, my all time favorite moment so far is last year we, we played Harden Simmons and that was, I was, that's when I was really struggling with my foot and everything. And I was like, damn, I don't know if I'm going to be who I am. And then coach drew up a play and he gave me the ball whenever it was a tie game and clock was winding down. And, and I hit the, I hit the shot, got a bucket and we won that game. And that just like, that, that, that was a huge moment for me. Cause I just solidified all the hard work that I've been doing yeah. and it just kept, kept my dream going. Dude, I kind of got just got chills for you, like thinking about like just picturing X over there drawing up the play for you, and like, oh uh, yeah. It's like every sports movie, you know, it's, you know, got the Michael or the you know rock music playing, and it's fading out, and credits are starting to roll, and it's just a game winning shot going in, and you know he went on playing the NBA, coach went on to be Hall of Fame, you know, every <laughs> stereotypical sports movie ending kind of did. Well, it just had to end with the victory, right? Yeah, like you had to win with yeah. the make the, yeah, to make cool the shot. Story. What made that so amazing was just. My teammates were all just right there, just standing there with me, just going crazy. And it just I just yeah. loved it. So far that in these interviews, that's been one of the biggest differences that I have noticed about interviewing the athletes is that um, every one of the traditional sports athletes has talked about the team and the camaraderie yeah. and the people, whereas in rodeo, 
you're more independent. Mm -hmm. And even though in college you're on a team, it's, it's not, still, you don't, that's not what drives you to yeah, compete, right? right? It's a very different feeling. So it's interesting that you said that again though, because I think that that is cool. And I think that that's why so many people, but I actually heard research this week that um, people who play team sports are less likely to have like depression and anxiety because yeah. of that, right? Like, yeah, whereas um, the people who that play solo right. sports, even like tennis and mm -hmm. golf and stuff are more likely. Well, I mean, when our season starts, like we're traveling all over yeah. and we're like on this bus with each other in these <laughs> hotel rooms, like sleeping right next to each other. Yeah. You have no choice, but to yeah. Go along, so yeah. you're going to bond regardless, even if you want, to, even if you don't want to. Yeah. All right. Tell us about your favorite memory, Colton. Oh man. There's, it's been a while since I've thought about them, but there's been so many, but I guess the most, like, I guess you could say career defining one or my favorite memory is my senior year is a uh, high school finals. And I ended up winning second in the first round and, I was like, man, my first two years here, I couldn't make it in the calf roping, you know, just being a young, naive kid. And then junior year going out there and not catching a single calf, then I come back first calf my senior year, and I went second in the round. I'm like, look, you, you belong here. You, you can hang with the big dogs. Just if you just make remember to make your runs every time, you're, you'll, your name will be up there. It may not be first, but you're going to be nickel and diamond, and you're going to be taking somebody's dollar by the end of the time. So that's – that kind of like solidified me because, like Joe said, my sophomore year, if you want a rodeo, you come rodeo Texas. Mm -hmm. You know, Texas high school finals nine times out of ten are harder than nationals. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know since now because he's made it nationals, and you know, it's just Texas is where it's at. You know. Yeah. everything's bigger and better in Texas. <laughs> I think it's interesting that both of y'all's kind of moments that you came down to were about like. Um, solidifying your place right. in your sport and that self-efficacy of I belong here and mm -hmm. I I am capable of doing this mm -hmm. and I am capable of yeah. succeeding and achieving so um, again kind of cool totally different sports and right. totally different environments right but you're still the same things are like what keep you going and, and what define you definitely think like those memorable moments in your you know rodeo career basketball career like here lately it's been a really really rough patch for me and you know just going back and thinking about all those times where you know, you've you made it to the top, quote unquote, kind of thing to speak, and you're like, you know, you've did it once before, just go do it again. You know, figure yeah. out a way to get back there, and do it again. And it's that simple. It's, you know, that my my biggest thing is staying out of my head. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's I've struggled with that since the first time I picked up a rope till now, and you know, it was easier to get out of it in high school because I had dad there coaching and hollering at me, and you know, but you know, you're growing up, so you got to figure it out yourself. So we we got we've got a game plan this week. We practice good. And, so I'm excited for Saturday morning. There you go. Come well, back Saturday night. Perfect. Well, good <laughs> luck this weekend yes, at the rodeo. We're excited you. for you, and we'll be there cheering you on. Heck yeah. Yep. Definitely. All right. Any parting words? Any words of wisdom and advice for our listeners? Yeah. Any questions for each other? Um. Well. You want to get in the bull barrel this week, and we put you in the barrel during oh, the bull ride. I don't think my coach would like that at all. <laughs> well, he can get in there too. We'll put, we'll put, we got a couple sections of bull ride. We got a couple nights of bull ride. We'll put we'll put someone in there each night. We can put a couple freshmen in there. Hey, there you go. Have you seen where they do the bubbles? You know, we have oh. the bubble soccer, right? Like, yeah. You know uh -huh. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, well, they do bubble yeah. soccer bullfighting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. They'll yeah, get they contestants out of the audience. Yeah, it's fun to watch those things. Those are my favorite thing to watch. You got to fight a bull with a bubble on? Well, well you sort of just dodge runner. the bull. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it, it gets wild. Like, I was watching, I seen something the other day on TikTok. It was like from a bunch of amateur radios of the summer that had that act. And I mean, it got 
Right. Well, what, I saw them do it at Stanford one year, and mm. they forgot to tip the bull's horns. Yeah, that's that was on and that video. And they popped the bull. They popped <laughs> oh the bubble, my. and yeah, I was like, like, "Okay, wait, that was not how that was supposed <laughs> to no, go." Failure. Oh my gosh. Fail. That's crazy. But, Fail. Yeah. All right. What's up? What's in store for the rest of the day? Um, we got a production meeting here at four o'clock, and then our first purse starts tonight at seven, and gets the ball rolling for the weekend. Rocky's first out in the goat time tonight. So Ooh. She's, but there are our goats. But we've they've been tying since July, so she knows the goats. She's on a good horse, and so she's gonna go out, start with bang, go be six four, six five, and go win the long round again. And then our boyfriend's gonna follow it up on Saturday, place or go <laughs> win the long round. The team roping, calf roping, with three of us or two of us gonna be in the short round Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's just two of you. Yeah, well, I hope it's the whole team. Everybody that's entered for us this week and makes it back. But yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna be working the concession stand. So <laughs> Come get your if y'all want some food, <laughs> y'all want to tip me. <laughs> College be rough. Whatever. Help a basketball player out. For I'm real, you. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, guys. I really yes, appreciate your time me. today. Yeah, it was thank exciting. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I had a blast talking to y'all. I'm not getting my face hurt. That was first, the first half of that podcast. I was laughing yeah, so hard. Right.